SABC right after the international news. Stand up! Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the May 12th edition of the sunny side of sports. Let's tip off with sunny side of sports salutes for two all-star big men. One currently playing in the National Basketball Association and the other who was one of the top basketball players of the 1970s. I'm talking about Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets and the late, great Bob Lanier, who died Tuesday at age 73 after a short illness. Jokic won his second consecutive NBA Most Valuable Player Award while Lanier is being remembered as a gentle giant and one of the most talented centers in league history. Jokic is from Serbia and is a four-time NBA All-Star. Bob Lanier was born in Buffalo, New York, and received All-Star honors eight times. Nikola Jokic may one day be enshrined in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Bob Lanier was inducted in 1992. Another basketball Hall of Famer, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, had this to say about Bob Lanier, and I quote, Bob Lanier will always be one of the big men of basketball, not just because of the size of his body, but because of the size of his heart. And speaking of heart, the reigning NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks showed the heart of a champion Wednesday night in Boston, Massachusetts. They rallied from a 14-point fourth-quarter deficit to beat the Boston Celtics 110-107 to and take a three-games-to-two lead in their second-round playoff series. The AP's Dave Ferry reports. Bobby Portis made a putback off a missed free throw with 15 seconds left, putting the Bucks ahead in a 110-107 victory over the Celtics in Boston. Drew Holiday nodded the score in the final minute and snuffed Marcus Smart's attempt to tie it. I just saw Marcus drive and <clears throat> Pat kind of cut him off and he felt like he couldn't see Jalen Brown behind him so um, I just went up for extra protection and, and got the block. Giannis Antetokounmpo poured in 40 points and had 11 rebounds for the Bucks, who had dropped three of four before grabbing control of the series. You get too high for this you know obviously it's great to win the game and great to go back home and feel good about ourselves but uh the job, the job's not done. Holiday chipped in 24 points, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists. Jason Tatum had 34 points for the Celtics. Series not over. So we're going to road and win one. Take it one game at a time. Not like we try and win two in one day. That would be tough. Uh, just got to win the next game. The Bucks can wrap up the series at home on Friday. I'm Dave Ferry. Thanks, Dave. Now let's go to the southern U.S. city of Memphis, Tennessee where the Memphis Grizzlies routed the Golden State Warriors in another NBA playoff game. 
The AP's Denny Cap reports. The Grizzlies avoid elimination with a 134-95 blowout of the Warriors. Memphis led by 27 at the half and as many as 55 in the third quarter while connecting on a franchise playoff record 18 triples. Memphis now trails the best of seven Western Conference semifinal three games to two. Tyus Jones was one of three Grizzlies who paced the team with 21 points. Our focus was trying to get to our spots, um, trying to find good, you know, great looks at each and every time down the floor. Um, and we were just sharing the ball really well tonight. So uh, we were just kind of in that flow, um, in that rhythm. Clay Thompson had 19 for the Warriors, who committed 22 turnovers, 14 of which came in the first half and led to 25 Grizzlies points. Game six is Friday night in San Francisco. I'm Denny Cap. The Basketball Africa League is back. Voice of America joins the forces with Africa's Premier Men's Basketball League to bring you the second season of the BAL. 38 games, 12 teams leaving it all on the court in Senegal, Egypt and Rwanda to determine the 2022 season champion. Tune in to VOA 24-7, FMs and to our radio and TV affiliates for some action. Pre-game, play-by-play, post-game. Daily highlights delivered by our finest commentators. Basketball Africa League 2022 on Voice of America. May the best team win. Basketball Africa League 2022 will resume May 21st at the Kigali Arena in Rwanda where the BAL playoffs will tip off. I'm looking forward to being in Rwanda with my VOA colleague, Eddie Rima. Eight teams, including defending Basketball Africa League champion Zamalek, will compete for continental supremacy in Kigali. Catch all the action, the updates, the post-game reports right here on The Voice of America. This will be my first trip to Rwanda, and yes, I'm looking forward to it. I am from Africa. Malaria kills thousands of children every day. Don't let your child be one of them. Make sure they sleep under a treated mosquito net. Beating malaria is like winning at basketball. You need to get to the net. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. Voice of America.
WVOA, Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Four Paris Saint-Germain football stars recently visited Rwanda. Their visit is one element of a partnership deal between PSG and Rwanda. In this encore sunny side of sports feature presentation, Ejen Uimana reports from Kigali, Rwanda. The four PSG stars as tourists visited the Akajira Park, a savanna covered landscape inhabited by the big five, namely elephants, rhinos, lions, leopards and buffaloes and other vast varieties of wildlife. They also saw mountain gorillas, an experience they all said was unforgettable. This is PSG's German midfielder Julian Draxler. Uh, was clearly today to see the gorillas up in the mountains uh, was amazing. I, I will never forget this day in my life, I think, and uh, wanted to thank you all to welcome us here, and we really enjoyed our time, but uh, especially today, uh, I think this day I will never forget. For prestigious German defender Philo Keller, it was an enriching experience. To go in, inside the, the national park and see the gorillas is is uh, unbelievable and is something that I think nobody of us did before. So we're really happy to, to be here and to have experienced all the things here. Meanwhile, PSG's Spanish defender Sergio Ramos came here to Rwanda with his wife. Speaking through an interpreter, Ramos said he appreciated the love fans showed them. First of all, I would just like to say thank you. The welcome since the first day by everyone has been absolutely marvellous. We will take this affection and love you've shown us away with us. We have tried to give something back with the visit over these last three days. And it's been absolutely unbelievable. The, obviously, the safaris has been special, but what we'll most remember is your affection. On the last day of their visit, Kayla Navas, Julian Draxler, Philo Kayla, and Sergio Ramos met with Rwandan children who play for the PSG Academy in southern Rwanda. And the kids asked them different questions about their careers and their stay in Rwanda. I would like to ask this question to Sergio Ramos. Who was your favorite footballer when you were younger? I think to Ronaldo from Brasilia, you know him, he played in Real Madrid. Um, from it, I think to the, the striker, the, the good number, number nine, Ronaldo Nazario da Lima. Um, this is for Navas. What made you become a goalkeeper? Um, difficult, eh? <laughs> Buena pregunta. Yo decidí ser portero cuando um, tenía... Yes, that's a difficult. It's a good question. I decided when I was five years old. I was watching a children's kickabout, and this kid made an amazing save. And that save stayed with me. Um, I asked my father straight away, can I join a football academy? And that's exactly what happened, and I'm very grateful for the opportunities that I've had since then. Navas, who was your favorite goalkeeper when you were a child? When I was a child, uh, my favorite goalkeeper was uh, Gabelo Conejo. He is a goalkeeper from Costa Rica, and um, the really I I was two favorite goalkeeper. The other was Lester Morgan. He's the other goalkeeper from Costa Rica. Do you love us? 
What is your best childhood memory about football? I think the best memories about football is was I won the Champions League. Uh, I think this was a beautiful moment, and I I want to I want to be there in the same position the next year. My question is for Ramos. How did you get into football? Um, yes, I started very young. My brother was playing locally for a team in Seville, in the south of Spain. I started at six years old, playing with eight years old kids, so two years above me. Then I ended up at Sevilla, Real Madrid, and now PSG. And this question goes to Ramos. How does it feel to be a, a legend, an all-time uh, legend? Thank you for your word. <laughs> I, I, I think the, the same. <laughs> no, muchas gracias por tus palabras. Yo creo... Thank you very much for your kind words. Um, I think the most important thing is to start from zero each year because football doesn't have a memory. You have to forget what you've done last year and set yourself new targets for this year. That's the focus. Para seguir teniendo metas, objetivos e ilusión por conseguir las cosas. Yo creo que esa es una de las claves del éxito. The kids asking questions are among 172 children, boys and girls, aged between 6 and 16, who play in a PSG academy built in Huya District, Southern Rwanda. The academy was launched in November 2021 with the aim of unleashing the potential of future Rwandan footballers. The Academy and the visit of the PSG stars are embedded in a three-year advertisement deal Rwanda signed with the French giant Paris Saint-Germain in Rwanda's quest to promote tourism. The deal was inked in 2019 to also promote the visibility of Rwandan brands. Apart from tourism, Rwandan tea and coffee are exclusively sold at Le Parc de Prince, the home stadium of PSG with a capacity of close to 48,000. Claire Akamanzi, the CEO of the Rwanda Development Board, says the visit of Ramos and his teammates shows the deal is being well implemented. I also want to thank PSG again for the partnership. I think it has been valuable for Visit Rwanda to partner with their PSG. But I also want to thank the players because without you, there is no partnership. It's you uh, who makes the partnership possible because it's you that create the funds and it's the funds that make the partnership worth it. So without you, the players there will be no value in the partnership. So you are uh, valuable in your own, and I want to thank you very much. And I also want to thank you for coming to Rwanda and being part of um, at this moment, uh, visiting our country. I want to finish by saying that like you, or like uh, footballers, Rwanda has a vision to win. We also want to win in the things that we do. We want to win in developing our country. We want to win in developing our people. We have a vision to win. Just like you, when you go to play, you have a vision to win. I think there would have been no better way of a partnership between uh, two people or two groups that believe in the same, which is uh, really winning and making the world a better place through the things that we do. So thank you very much. Tourism contributes more than 40% to Rwanda's economy and the PSG deal, according to Rwanda Development Board, has greatly boosted the tourism industry. The trend kept on rising when the team signed Lionel Messi last year. The Rwanda PSG deal put the Visit Rwanda logo on the French soccer champion's training kit and sees the brand gain visibility on the playing kit sleeve of the PSG women's teams. For the sunny side of sports, I'm Ejene Uimana.
Inishigari, Rwanda. I'm Carol Castiel. A leaked draft Supreme Court opinion indicates that a constitutional right to abortion in America may be ending. We talk with public health scientist Dr. Ushma Upadhyay, who specializes in abortion safety, access, and restrictions about the health, economic, and political implications of the possible end of Roe v. Wade, the 1973 decision which enshrined abortion rights in federal law. That's Press Conference USA this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Yes, sporting greetings. This is three-time Olympian and Beijing 2008 Olympic medalist, Chika Chukumeriji. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. The Nigeria Wrestling Federation recently held a national tournament in Yenagua by Elsa State. To find out more, Iron Mike Mbonye contacted Federation President and 2000 Olympic wrestling champion Daniel Igali. The Governor Dayodiri National Wrestling Classics uh, is our national tournament, officially sanctioned by the Nigeria Wrestling Federation. It is used every year to select athletes that will represent the national team. In this year, specifically, the Doheri National Wrestling Classics is being used to select the athletes that will represent Nigeria at the African Championships that's coming up next week in Morocco. This same tournament will be used to select athletes that will represent Nigeria at the Commonwealth Games that will be coming up in Birmingham in the UK in early August. We will also use these same championships to select the national team athletes that will represent Nigeria at the World Championships coming up in Serbia in September this year. So the competition is probably one of the most important local tournaments we have. It has lots of implications for athletes who compete and or are injured at the time. So uh, this is a competition um, that we hold very dear and that most athletes look forward to competing in. What are some of the highlights of the classics? The tournament um, experienced a number of upsets. Of course, as you know, most athletes were so excited to compete at this tournament because COVID had dealt a huge blow to uh, most federations, wrestling included, not uh, being able to host or compete. Uh, over the past one and a half years, we have not had a national competition of this magnitude. So athletes were really, really eager to compete. And I could actually see a little bit of match rustiness in some of the athletes. Um, that said, in the 65-kilogram class, um, where we have an African champion, a three-time African champion, um, uh, we amassed Daniel is his name. We had a young 19-year-old kid, uh, Simon, uh, from Bielsa also, that competed for the Dynamite Wrestling Club, which happens to be my wrestling club. Um, emerged the, the national champion here 
at the tournament. We also had in the same 65 kilogram class female, a young uh, 22-year-old girl, her name is Ebipade. She also became a, a national champion for the first time. In the 53 kilogram category too, we had a national champion. Um, Odoanya Adekoroye's younger sister, her name is Mercy, Jess, uh, Mercy Adekoroye. She became a national champion for the first time. And in a lot of other weight classes, we saw some very promising athletes that we believe in the next couple of years could take over leadership in those positions. We saw, for instance, at 86 kilograms, male, uh, at uh, Greco-Roman, uh, at uh, 67 kilograms in Greco-Roman, um, uh, quite a number of uh, younger athletes that we feel are living up to expectations and will likely make the national team either next year or in, or in a couple of years. So we, were, we remain very excited by the loads of talents we saw, by the caliber of the tournament, by the level of competition, and uh, we're hoping that most of the athletes who came here would go back home training and getting ready you know, to represent Nigeria at the tournaments I mentioned, which are the African Championships, the Commonwealth Games, and the World Championships coming up later this year. Do you have other national and international events or championships this year? And how prepared is the Federation? Yeah, we do have uh, other national and international events. Uh, we are looking at uh, sometime in July. We're looking at the, the, the middle of July to have um, an under-15 wrestling competition in Bielsa for the South-South. Uh, we're also looking at another national championships in Delta State uh, sometime in October. And we're almost putting finishing touches to the national championships in Lagos State. Later in the year, we're looking November, we're having those discussions. Those are local tournaments. We are also have international tournaments like i mentioned aside the, the the african championships commonwealth games and the world championships that will be holding in el jadida morocco birmingham uk and and uh, serbia later in the year uh, we also have a, a number of uh, grand prix preparatory tournaments all over the place in fact uh, there's no month that there are no tournaments uh, in the wrestling calendar. So what we need to do is to look at the ones that we have funds to be able to attend. It's not whether the athletes are prepared or not. The athletes are always prepared. Uh, oftentimes, it's the availability of funds that draws us back from competing uh, the way we would like. So uh, in a sense, uh, we are ready. The Federation is ready to compete. Um, we have a number of tournaments and we're getting ourselves ready for uh, the African Championships, Commonwealth Games and the World Championships, which happen to be the three most important tournaments for the Federation. That's Daniel Igali, the president of the Nigeria Wrestling Federation. And he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Yenagua, Nigeria. <laughs>
This is Purity Hub, national female wrestling coach. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on the Voice of America. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of VOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Tune in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. I encourage our sunny side of sports listeners to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. Once again, that address, facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Once again, my Twitter handle at VOA Sunny Sports. The 2022 FIFA World Cup trophy has begun a global tour in a star studded ceremony in Dubai, the United Arab Emirates. VOA's Gwen Uten has more details for us. Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sonny. The FIFA World Cup trophy had its unveiling in Dubai before it embarks on a global tour of over 50 countries and territories. Thursday's star-studded event included former FIFA World Cup winners, Brazilian midfielder Kaká and Spanish goalkeeper Iker Casillas, who predicts the trophy's upcoming tour will bring smiles to thousands of soccer fans around the world. Well, no. Casillas says every person that will get to see the trophy up close will feel happiness and excitement. So what we expect is that it will create that sort of impact among people and bring them joy. And we will see that as well during the tournament in Qatar. Fans may be able to view the trophy up close, but only a select group, including former winners and heads of state, will be allowed to hold it. Valued at 20 million U.S. dollars, the FIFA World Cup trophy is one of the most expensive in sporting history. The trophy was first introduced in 1974 and is made of 18 carats solid gold with bands of malachite displayed on its base. It stands 14 inches high and weighs 13 pounds and features two human figures holding up the earth. France were the World Cup champions in 2018 and the latest country to lift the trophy. This year marks the trophy's fifth global tour. And for the first time in history, the tour will end in the Middle East. The tournament will also be the first to take place at the end of the calendar year. And former soccer star Kaka says the November kickoff in Qatar will be of great advantage to the athletes. Well, in my opinion, will affect in, 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 a, in a good way because it's not the end of the season for most of the players that the majority plays in Europe. So we'll be in the middle of the season, so players are, will be very fresh. And also for the, the weather, it's hot, but it's not too hot. So a lot of good conditions, field and everything. 
to to see a very good quality during the those games. The FIFA World Cup trophy is currently on display at the Coca-Cola Arena in Dubai. Brad Ross is Coca-Cola's vice president of global sports and entertainment marketing and partnerships. He says for the first time ever, the tour will include all 32 countries that qualified for this year's tournament. Every time we try and innovate and do something new, and for the first time this time, we're actually taking the FIFA World Cup trophy to the 32 qualified countries. Uh, so the fans of those countries that actually qualify for the FIFA World Cup at the end of the year will have the opportunity to see it. And history will be made again in four years as the number of finalists increase from 32 to 48 when Canada, Mexico and the United States host the first ever expanded FIFA World Cup in 2026. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uten. And that wraps up the May 12th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I get it. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of school.